Okay. I drew the I drew the smallest straw tonight. So I'm leading singing, so I need y'all to sing really loud with me if you know the songs, okay? All right, we're going to be singing Holy Ground. If you're able, would you stand with me as we sing this song? We're going to go right into from 100 to 101, which is also Holy Ground, just some different words. All right? So if you uh, are ready, let's sing. This is... tonight as your people gathered here to celebrate the lives you have given us. I ask that you help us to look at things the way you do and to see that the, the masses of people who don't know you yet give us the attitude they're white under harvest. Help us to show the world your love 
your generosity, and your gift, Jesus. Help us to be what you want us to be. And now, Lord, as we go through this worship, help us to be drawn closer to you. And I ask you to be with this church that we can be an influence on the lost world here. I pray in Jesus' name. All right, we're going to sing How Deep the Father's Love. <clears throat> How deep the Father's love. chapter 2. Now there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. 
Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. And when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him what was the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For mine eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, The child is destined to cause the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign to be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your very own soul. you pray with me, please? Holy Father in heaven, we thank you so much for Jesus, the bread who came down from heaven to be the manna for the kingdom for all time. Thank you so much as we remember him through this bread that we're taking now. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Pray with me again, please. Holy Father in heaven, we thank you so much for Jesus and for all that he did and has done and continues to do for us. But we especially remember the blood sacrifice that was made to cleanse us of our guilt. We thank you so much for that gift. We do this in remembrance of him now. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. There's boxes that are set aside in the back if you choose to do any giving after the service. Pray with me, please. Holy Father in heaven, we thank you so much, not only for the gift of Jesus, but for all that you give us each and every day of our lives. Help us to be thoughtful and remember one another and the world that we can reach out to them and help as many as possible. We pray this for this opportunity, for the gifts that come in. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we're going to sing As the Deer. Nice uh, song from a psalm, right? As
happened to already be up here. Okay, we good though? All right. So we are continuing our series on Philippians tonight. I want to remind you that the church of Philippi is a special church. It's a very special church to Paul. They're a church that's extremely loyal to Paul. They're a church that uh, has went through the hardships of life with Paul. They have not abandoned Paul. And that is a lot about what we talked about in the first uh, 12, to 12 or so verses of, of this series. Um, so if you go back and you look in your scripture, one of the things I wanted to focus on, because it's kind of what carries us through the rest of the text in the chapter, was roughly about verses 12 through 14, where Paul talks about his imprisonment, right? And he talks about how everybody, including the imperial guard, understands that the only reason that he's in prison is because of his belief in Jesus Christ. They don't have any real crimes against him. They don't have anything that they can really persecute him and jail him for. All they have is that he is believing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He is preaching it wherever he goes. He's creating giant followings wherever he goes. He's starting churches wherever he goes. And that's why he's in jail. That's why he's there. For no other reason than Jesus Christ. And he says, you know what? It's kind of a good thing. Because Christ is being preached. Because other people are seeing the hardship that I'm going through and enduring. And they're becoming more bold because of it. And that's where we left off. In that moment where we realize, remember, we're going through this series. These are the last letters, if you will, of Paul. These are, these are the letters that Paul wrote while he was in jail on his way to death. That's the next step. In fact, he says something very interesting we're going to discuss in, in, in this chapter of Philippians because I don't believe it actually came true even though he believed it would. So, let's go ahead and get into the the verses. In verse 15, Paul says this, Some indeed preach Christ. He just got done telling everybody, remember, you know, I'm here in chains because of Jesus Christ and and the Imperial Guard, and everybody is starting to realize that, and they know it, and and it's creating this positive atmosphere for Jesus, right? Now he says this, Some indeed preach Christ from envy, and rivalry, but others from goodwill. Which one would you rather have? People preaching Christ out of envy? People preaching Christ out of rivalry? Or people just simply preaching Christ out of goodwill? Which one would you rather have? Goodwill, of course. (coughs) He says the latter do it out of love, being those who do it out of goodwill, right? They do it out of love. Love for each other, love for God, love for mankind, right? Knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. Knowing that I am put where? In prison, that's right. He is put in prison for the defense of the gospel. The former, being those who preach out of envy and rivalry, proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition. Not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me In my imprisonment. So where is the attack that Paul is talking about coming from? It's coming from the church. It's coming from the body of Christ. See it for what it is. Right? That's what he's saying. Some are preaching Christ. And they're doing it out of love. And they're defending me. Because they know where I'm at. They know what I'm going through. They know why I'm going through what I'm going through. But you have others who are trying to create problems for me. That's what he says. They they have their own ambitions, their own selfish ambitions. 
And they're seeking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, this is one of those, in the first part of this chapter, which was a couple weeks ago now, so it might be hard for you to remember. We talked about how amazing it was that Paul could be in prison, right? And be like, look at what God is doing. Look what he's doing. The imperial guard is being changed because of my situation. Look what he's doing. Don't forget, he's not getting three square meals a day. He's not sitting in the AC. He doesn't get gym time. Right? He's actually imprisoned at home. He's, 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 he's got a guard that's, that's watching him. There are people who can come and go. It's not quite the same. And for me, this is the one that really blows me away. This is the part. Forget the fact that he's in prison and he's on his way to death. Because I'm going to tell you, if you read the rest of the chapter and get ahead of me, you will find out he's not really, he's not there yet. Even though he knew before he ever left Jerusalem, before he ever went to Jerusalem, that that's where he was going. The urgency of his life is not there yet, okay? But now not only is he in prison for no reason than loving Jesus, for no reason than preaching the gospel, but he has members of the church that are seeking to afflict him in his time of imprisonment. And, and I just, I can't get over verse 18. I can't stress it enough before we read it, Because look at what he says. Look at the mindset that Paul has and put yourself in his situation and imagine if you could really have that mindset yourself. I will tell you, this one, this one's hard for me. I don't think I could. I really don't. I don't think I could. He says, what then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, whether whether out of their own selfish ambition, whether it's out of rivalry, right? Whether, Whether it's because they seek to afflict me in my imprisonment, right? Or in truth, right? In goodwill, in love. Christ is proclaimed. And in that, I rejoice. Do you see that? He's saying, look, these people are out here talking bad about me. They're making things worse for me. They're trying, to, they're trying to push the screws on me while I'm in this vulnerable state, while I'm in one of the worst places I've been in my life from the scenario aspect, right? From the situation. He says, who cares? Let them do it. Because at least Christ is being proclaimed. People are paying attention to Jesus. What an amazing mindset to have. Verse 19, he says, yes, and I will rejoice. He's going to rejoice over this. For I know that through your prayers... And the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. Now here's the secret. Does Paul get delivered from this, from this place that he's in? Does he ever get out of jail? Does he ever leave Rome again? Look. Verse 20, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. See, he understands both scenarios. He believes that he's going to be delivered. Why? Because he believes he's going to go back to the church at Philippi. 
But he also understands it could be life, but it could also be death. Right? And here you go again. This, this is perfect with what we were saying this morning, right? For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. See, Paul recognizes that it will be better for him when he dies, because when he dies, he's going to heaven, and when he goes to heaven, heaven's going to be way better than anything we've ever experienced here. He's not going to miss this place one bit, because what he's going to is going to be way better. Something like we've never experienced before. So he only has one purpose in life, and he stays on that mission. It's one of the things that makes Paul such an amazing example for all of us, despite all the crazy things he went through, despite all the times he got whipped, despite all the times that life didn't work out quite the way he thought it was going to. All of his hardships, all of his imprisonments. He stayed on mission. He never lost sight of the mission. And what was his mission? To spread the gospel among the Jews. No, just making sure you're paying attention. That's right, the Gentiles, that's right. That was his mission. So to live is a Christ and to spread the gospel and to die is gain. Because I'm going to a better place. He says, if I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. So while I'm alive, I'm going to make sure that I am bearing fruit, regardless of my situation, right? That's why he's talking about the imperial guard. That's why he's talking about these people who are setting out to make trouble for him, even though he's already down in the dumps when it comes to his situation, his scenario, the fact that he's in prison. He says, it doesn't matter where you put me, there's going to be fruitful labor. Right? Think about Acts. Think about all the different times you saw the apostles in prison. Did it slow them down? When you get a glimpse into the cell, what are they doing? Yeah, they're praising God. They're not sitting here saying, poor, pitiful me. They're not whining and they're not, they're not upset. They are Praising God. Why are they in prison? Every single time it's because of Christ. They're not out there doing illegal things. They're not out there giving the world reasons to arrest them. They're being arrested because they are making such, they are creating such a disturbance because of the movement of spreading the gospel and the impact that it's having on the world. That's every time they get in prison, that's why they're in prison. Every time. And this is what you see. So he says, it doesn't really matter to me whether I live or die. It doesn't really matter to me what scenario I'm in. Whatever scenario I'm in, I'm going to have fruitful labor. So he says, yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I am hard-pressed between the two. Between two, of what, what two things is he talking about? To live or die. Yeah, that's right. To be with Christ or to stay on this earth, right? He's hard-pressed because he understands where he's going is a better place. My desire is to depart and be with Christ. For that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. And let me tell you something. Paul had an amazing life. Even up to this point. Like I said, go back, read Acts. See all the crazy things Paul got to experience. Paul got to do. Paul got to see. He got to travel the world in ways many of us wish we could. Right? Had lots of hardships along the way. Had lots of attempts on his life along the way. Right? Was shipwrecked. Lots of things happened. But he had this amazing life. He also got to see people. You know, one thing about ministry is you get to see people. We don't preach a message of hate. We preach a message of love. We actually don't even preach a message of condemnation because 
it's not mine to condemn. Only God can condemn. Right? We've already talked about this in Wednesday night in 1 Corinthians, right? We don't, a judgment is not judgment because only God can judge. Judgment, when we are looking at each other, we are trying to hold each other accountable. Why? Because we're trying to protect the influence of the church. And make no mistake about it, we hold ourselves to a higher standard. And when we fall from that standard, when we miss, miss that standard, when we miss the mark, which is exactly what sin means, right? The devil's going to try to exploit that and ruin our influence on this world. So we don't judge each other. We don't condemn each other to hell. It's not even our place. Who are we to judge? We're not the master. So we don't judge the servant. But we do hold each other accountable. So he says, but to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. See, he feels like part of the reason why he's still alive is because of the church of Philippi. Because of the Philippians. And he says this, convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. Now here's a serious question. It goes back to the beginning of it. Do you think Paul ever went back to Philippi? I don't think he ever leaves Rome again, according to the historians. Do you think Philippi ever came and saw him? Read the first part of chapter 1. They didn't abandon Paul. You see, they're still walking hand in hand, even though Paul's in prison, even though Paul's stuck in Rome. He is still mentoring. He is still overseeing his plant, his church plant. And I think even though he most likely never went and saw them again, they probably were coming to see him. Because they didn't abandon him. Like many people did. Like some did on purpose for their own selfish ambition and rivalry. So, verse 27. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. And this is where, even though he says he's convinced, even though he's sure that part of the reason why he's still here is because of the church of Philippi, right? He says this, so that whether I come to see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. You see the context of scripture from this morning to tonight? It's so similar. It's so similar. Right? This is exactly, you could go back to the prayer of Jesus and John, and what did he pray for? Exactly what Paul is, 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 is saying to the church of, of Philippi, right? Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or I'm absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, unity, with one mind, unity, striving side by side, not rivalry, not selfish ambition, for the faith of the gospel, and not frightened in anything. By your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation. And that from God. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. Engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had, and now here that I still have. Now don't forget this. The church in Philippians 
had a huge impact on their community. I shared this with you a couple weeks ago, but many historians, many scholars believe that the church of Philippi converted almost 80% of their population to Christianity. The minority of the Philippians was non-Christian. Because they were people of courage. Because they were people of faith. Because they were people that were loyal to the truth and to those who brought the gospel. Right? And they weren't afraid to suffer. But it's interesting that he says that because they were making waves for Jesus. So I got three quick take-homes, and we'll be done for tonight. First is this, and this kind of runs into what we were talking about this morning. It's not really supposed to be doom and gloom. It's just a reality because we are going in a different direction than the world. We are swimming against the current in, of the world, right? We are not going in the same direction. The world's culture and God's culture are in conflict. It's just a reality, Right? So there will always be suffering in the life of a Christian because enmity with the world means friendship with God. There will always be suffering for those of us who believe in Christ. Because we look at the world in a different way. We have been changed from the inside out. Right? That's just a reality. The second one is this. I mean, think about it. Paul was in prison for nothing more than believing in Jesus Christ. Just remember that. There's a whole lot of people. You go through the next couple hundred years, there's a whole lot of people who are going to meet their doom the same way Paul's about to meet his doom just because they believed in Christ. Okay? Number two, Paul was so focused on the mission that he could see the positive even in the midst of persecution and suffering. He was so focused on the mission. His, how much do you hear him in this first chapter whining about the condition of his own life? He doesn't. How much do you hear him do that in all the books and all the letters that he wrote of the New Testament? He really doesn't. The only time he even talks about it is to defend what? That he's an apostle, that he's a true follower of God. Why? Because there's people on the other side throughout his entire ministry that have been trying to paint him as something different. And they still do it to Paul today. They call him a womanizer. I was watching not that long ago a... uh, a show on the History Channel about Paul. They say he was really an uh, infiltrator. That he was actually a true Roman and he came to distort the word of God. They still do it today. Because Paul writes some of the strongest, toughest scriptures in all of the Bible. And the world doesn't like it. But he never gets caught up in that. Because at the end of the day... All he cares about is the mission, and his mission was to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. That's what he's focused on. doesn't matter if you're spreading the gospel out of good reasons or bad reasons, for, for pure motives or selfish motives. It doesn't matter to him. And the last one, I just wanted to show you this, and if you see it, you can see it throughout the scriptures, right? You can see it. Whoops, Sorry. You can see that fruitful labor. You can see the love. And you can see the courage. Because here's the truth. The manner of life worthy of the gospel requires love, courage, and fruitful labor. That's what it requires. It requires that. You cannot spread the gospel. You cannot live a life worthy of the gospel if you are absent of love. And I'm going to tell you something. Anytime in your life, When you go to share the gospel with somebody else, it takes courage. It's not the easiest thing to do to tell somebody without Jesus Christ, you're lost. 
That's not the funnest thing for people to hear. In fact, many people resent that when they first hear that. What's wrong with me? Why do you think you're so much better than me? Right? It takes love. It takes courage. And it takes fruitful labor. So I encourage you to stay focused on the mission as Paul stayed focused on the mission. To not allow little things to distract you and get you down. Man, it is so hard. Seems so easy, so easy to say. It is so hard. The life of a minister, the life of a leader in the church, the life of a Christian, there's always somebody waiting for you to fall, to make a mistake. Stay focused on the mission. Don't get caught up in all the little things. And God will continue to use you in any situation you find yourself in. You will be able to have fruitful labor in Christ. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you been washed in His blood? Have you received the gift of the Holy Spirit? Have you had your sins forgiven? Many of us have. I pray that we are people of love, we are people of courage, and we are people who are having the mindset to be focused on the mission of fruitful labor in Christ Jesus. If there's any reason to respond tonight to the invitation, you can come as together we stand and sing.
Thank, thanks, Matt. Thanks for the, uh, the sermon and, and the song leading. Um, we appreciate both. Um, for those that don't know, Matt was our fifth choice song leader. Uh, there's a story behind that, but anyways. Uh, it'll start with this one. Mike Wall was supposed to be our song leader tonight. Mike ended up with a fishing lure stuck in his hand. Um, he ended up in the ER, so he wasn't able to, to come here tonight. I uh, went through some other ones, um, including the fact that I was going to let this thing auto-scream, put uh, sound over the speakers, and have slideshows, but Matt said he'd rather sing long, song lead than the auto. So anyways, he, the computer was fourth choice. So thank you very much. I know he doesn't like to lead singing, but he does a good job with it. Um, information, grab yourself a bulletin. Got the bulletin. It's on the, it's one page now. It's got a schedule. It's got other stuff on there. A couple of corrections to a bulletin. Um, food pantry is not this week. And the men's prayer breakfast is next Saturday. I got out of schedule on that. So those are good. The calendar, the long-term sick people, we've moved to the, and the shut-ins and the military, we've moved to the back of the calendar. So keep it on your fridge. Keep it wherever you see it and pray for those people often. Um, other notice, um, oh, also on that calendar is Vacation Bible School and two weeks of camp, Watson Week and Teen Week. If you are going to Teen Week, today is the last day to get the $25 discount. So $25, $20? 25. 25. Do I hear 30? 30? No, just kidding. Um, so today's the last day to get the big discount. So sign up if you're going to go. Today is that last day. Um, Peter's here. That's good to see Peter. It's good to, good to have him back. Um, Lex and Edith, they're having their 63rd anniversary on July 4th. So it's a long time, though. It'll be what, next Monday, I guess? So 63 years, I wanted to announce that. Um, Heidi, Heidi is online a lot of times when we're here with either the worship or on Bible studies. Uh, she's in the hospital right now with a broken heel. She had to have surgery. She's in a lot of pain, so she asked for prayers. Betty Larner began radiation this week, so she's got two more weeks to go from there. Um, Christy, Christy comes with her mom. Christy has COVID. So I'll pass that along. Uh, she was not here this morning, but uh, that's why she stayed home and she had that. I got a message here from uh, Susan White. She posted on Facebook. She wanted me to read it again. Chuck and I want to thank our church family for all the prayers, cards, visits, texts, messages, calls, and food you abund abundantly showered on us. Chuck is home and doing great, watching our diet and exercise. So was thankful that he only had one stint and a lot of meds with the damage very limited in his heart. We can't express enough how we felt the prayers that went up on our behalf. Life has a way of reminding us how frail we are and how very much friends and family strengthen us. Keep the prayers coming. God bless you all. Hugs. And Chuck is a very important part of what we do here. Uh, I'm quite the servant. Speaking of servants, Steve Sharp, if you hadn't noticed, he's missing. He's in the Bahamas. Um, they are, he's at Marsh Harbor. Marsh Harbor was where the Category 5 hurricane sat for, what, a day or something a couple years ago? Destroyed all that. They've rebuilt the church building. Uh, and they wanted an audio-video system. So through Palm Beach Lakes, they got a hold of Steve. He's over there right now. He had a, he was going to go back in another week. So anyways, he's over there right now. He called tech support this afternoon after a BIOS kept him from getting Wi-Fi. So we fixed that. So anywho. Mm. Is that it? Is that it? Dun, dun. I think that's about it. All right. So Wednesday night, Matt's going to lead class on 1 Corinthians chapter 9. That'll be here on the orange carpet. Or you can join us in the chat room. It's monitored, and we try to do our best with that. And I will leave you with one scripture here that we read, and I like this. It's uh, worthy of us. Let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. It's a reminder for each of us every day. Until we meet again. Psalm before our closing prayer is thy word. I, I uh, appreciate everybody singing out tonight. Um, and yeah, uh, get nervous when I lead singing, but I don't, it's not the worst thing in the world. Uh, so I appreciate you guys um, allowing me to do that tonight. Let's sing. Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light.